Welcome to the one and only Circle City Cinema with your host and the one and only Zach Griffith. Welcome to Circle City Cinema. Loki episode five recap. I'm your host, Zach Griffith, and I'm joined by the founder, Alex Burr. Hello, Zach. Hello. What a glorious week of Marvel content. Glorious. Absolutely glorious. Much needed. Glorious purpose, I'll say. <laughs> Damn you. Damn you. Should have counted on that. Black Widow, Alex. Before we get into episode five, I thought we should start with Black Widow. Spoiler-free discussion. Yes. What did you think? You saw it on Friday, right? I did see it on Friday. I didn't go to a theater. Um, I went ah. to the I went to the Tibbs Drive-In in Indianapolis. Really good experience. And plus, there was hardly anybody there. We went to the... Uh, Anna had to work, so we went to the 1220 showing. So there was like hardly anybody there. And it was a really good, really good experience going to the drive-in. You know, it's like kind of old school a little Always bit. Always is. And it, it was a great... I really love the movie. Like, was it perfect? Hell no. Did it need to be? No. I thought it did what it needed to do. And Florence Pugh is fucking hilarious. Yes. And she's great. David Harbour was great. Um, the girl from The Mummy was great. I can't remember her name. Rachel and, Yeah. And then Scarlet Scarjo was great, too. So I really, I really enjoyed the movie. Like, 8 out of 10, I'd say. Yeah. When I went to see it, I was like, all right, don't get your hopes up because it's only natural to expect more than what we should because this is the first literally two years since an MCU movie in the theaters. Literally two years. Spider-Man Far From Home was the last time. <laughs> so I think that's why people were getting a lot of their hopes up. Um, I thought it was great. I thought I think the IMDb rating is too low. I think it's like 7.1 right now. Which, uh, you know, that's just like Iron Man 2 level. Mm-hmm. That is not the case. <laughs> this, is, this is better than Iron Man 2. Uh, I, th- I think the biggest thing it suffers from is just poor placement in the timeline. Because this takes place after Civil War. Do you want to know how much time there was, Alex, between Civil War and the next MCU movie, Doctor Strange? Uh, a couple months, I would have to presume. May to November. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't, have snuck, couldn't have snuck Black Widow in there in like, what, September? I mean, it would have made more sense. I mean, hell, before Infinity War might have made sense too. Yeah. Like, because these movies, as we've seen and as we've talked about before, kind of these movies and shows kind of have a fluid timeline. Like, um, Spider-Man Far From Home was set way after WandaVision, right? Way yeah. after Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So they're kind of not afraid to mess around with the timeline in the movies. So why not, you know, put this before Infinity War? I mean, it made sense, right, to have Black Panther. Because all those movies beforehand set up Infinity War, obviously, you know, the way... Black Panther, especially. Ragnarok 2, with, Ragnarok the, end, too. with, the, set, with the end where uh, Thanos comes. And then obviously with Black Panther, you need the battleground for the Battle of Wakanda. So logistically, those made more sense, but I don't see any reason why you couldn't have stuck Black Widow in there. 
No, and I thought that was the biggest problem. The thing is, it would have been unprecedented for the time for MCU because they didn't release three movies in one calendar year until the next year, 2017. So maybe that's why. Uh, do I think it's a joke? Captain Marvel got a movie before Black Widow? Yeah, I think it's a joke. I think it's an absolute joke. <laughs> I still haven't seen Captain Marvel. I need. To, I still need to get that off my list, but... I think it's going to get off my list at some point in the near future. But yeah, you're listen, ScarJo deserved. I mean, for what she's done for I'm the she got one eventually. Yeah. And I think it was a, in a way, you know, it was kind of a good send off for the character. This is the last we're going to see of her, probably, unless, you know, something drastic happens. But I can't see any way they can justify bringing back a lot of characters. I don't know how they could justify bringing back. It seemed pretty uh, fine. Natasha. Yeah, you know. So I don't know. We'll have to see. But I, I really, you know, all things considered, this is a character we've been with now for ten years. Iron Man two came out in two thousand eleven, I believe. So we've been with this character for a decade. I think, in a way, yeah, she probably should have had her own movie before Captain Marvel. But it was an appropriate send off where she got to go off. You know, she got she gets to kickstart Phase Four. And I think that's cool in its own right. It was a good send-off. Florence Pugh is definitely coming back. She's already been confirmed for future projects. The next one's going to be the Hawkeye series. So that's going to be great. Um, if you haven't bought Florence Pugh stock, which I don't know why you wouldn't have yet, go ahead and do that. <laughs> I would have walked out of uh, Midsummer and been like, yep, give me all that. Buy me all that. I'm a coward. Little women. Little women, same thing. I'm a coward, so I hadn't seen... Well, I I didn't want to watch Little Women um, just because it's not a movie that really intrigues me, but I'm not ever going to watch Midsummer in my life. So I'm... Because I'm a coward, and I'm not afraid to admit this. I hate scary movies. So I'm never going to watch Midsummer. So this is the first movie I'd seen Florence Pugh in, and she's great. I'll say this about Midsummer. Is that people act like it's terrifying. I didn't think it was terrifying. Now, based on you saying that, I've definitely seen a lot more horror slash scary movies than you, but I didn't think it was like top 10, oh God, nightmares for sure. Like, no, no. It was creepy, no doubt. But I, I think you could watch it. I think you could. I'll have to maybe try it out sometime. And if I, I mean, if I bail, I bail, you know, that's just, that's just going to be what happens. What happens. But at least sure. Tried. Sure. Why not? At least she would have tried, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've said many times on this pod and others, never watching the exorcist again. Never. Once you bring the devil stuff into it, I'm out. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm done. <laughs> but for the most part, I can handle them. Um, so yeah, Black Widow is good. Uh, good things you've seen lately besides Black Widow, Alex. So actually, funny enough, you brought up. I brought up Iron Man too. I watched the first and second Iron Mans this week. Ah. I went back and I watched, and the difference between Rhodey in the first Iron Man and the second one with the casting change. You were texting me about Terrence Howard. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't think he got shafted because it's obviously much better to have Don Cheadle in there, but. 
whatever he did, he cost himself probably at least eight digits in terms of earnings over the course of these films. Terrence Howard, highest paid actor of Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> that was a really stark difference, but I don't like Rhodey either version in the first two movies. To, obviously, he's a military man, but I, I just don't like him. You know, he's and maybe I shouldn't be liking Tony as much because Tony kind of is a piece of shit in the first two movies, even more so than he is in the rest of them. But, um, the art, you know, that that's just uh, my my opinion on it. Um, I watched my favorite Will Ferrell movie, Talladega Nights, The Legend of Ricky Bobby. Beautiful. I actually, I was gonna ask you. I'll, I'll go ahead and ask you rank these movies one through three in terms of which you think is the best Will Ferrell comedy. These are probably consensus three best of his movies. Step brothers, Talladega nights, anchorman. I'd probably go in that order. Step brothers, Talladega nights, anchorman, maybe flip flop anchorman, Talladega nights. I've definitely seen Talladega nights more, but yeah. That's probably, that'd probably be the order I'd go in. I don't think we give Adam McKay. Obviously, we've seen him make the f- jump from comedies to yeah. serious movies. His writing is incredible. Like, yes. those movies shouldn't have as compelling as a, of a story as they do. And I think that's honestly, when people complain about the death of comedy, that might be what they're missing the most, is that these stories don't have a coherent through line. Like, first of all, Amy Adams in Talladega Nights is fucking incredible. Yeah. She's fucking yeah. incredible. And you're like, okay, I could totally see what made her, you know, a future 70 time best actress nominee. But then, you know, you have the storyline with Ricky's dad. You have the storyline with, uh, <laughs> with, I can't, why can't I the remember? John C- with the wife and John C. Riley. Cal Naughton. Cal Naughton. Yeah. With Cal taking Ricky's wife. <laughs> <laughs> and like he, they, the best comedies to me, Mix in the hijinks with a good story. I don't think you can have one without, like, I think in order to be a great movie, a great comedy movie, you can't have one without the other. I think they're just too, they're too important to not have without each other. And Talladega Nights made a lot of money. Yes. I'm pretty sure Step Brothers made a lot of money. I don't know those, what to do with my hands. Two thousands. Uh, those, those 2000s Will Ferrell movies. I, I, I don't know. I, I race good. Um, I like to drive fast. <laughs> this is an audio medium, so that joke won't um, <laughs> for a lot of people, but I'm glad I made sack last. So, and that's basically everything I've watched besides Black Widow this week. I went you? and saw, yeah, I went and saw Fast and Furious 9 on, on Monday. Mm. And it was, uh, it was good, you know. I did. In terms of outrageousness, might be number one in the series. Wow, that's saying something for the Fast and Furious series. I mean, they go to outer space, for God's sake. They, <laughs> they go to outer space. <laughs> when they went to outer space, my mind just went to uh, the first movie when they were stealing DVD players, and I'm just like, here we are, here we are. 20 years later, literally 20 years later. What are we doing? <laughs> Looking just, around at the other people in the theater, just like, yeah, we paid for this. We're here. 
at what okay at what point will your suspension of disbelief stop being enough in the fast and furious movies like what's gonna have to happen to be like all right they've gone too far like was it the space thing or is it something else i don't even know what they could do next i I don't even know (laughs) i guess that jurassic park crossover would have to be it where i would draw the line and just be like no 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 actually believe it or not a transformers crossover i could get down with because that would actually make more sense than the jurassic park one <laughs> that would be incredible i have not seen a fast and the furious since the first one and i would go to the theaters and watch that as anyone would any sane moviegoer would say optimus prime and dominic toretto and dominic is driving optimus absolutely family <laughs> the family memes really took over the internet this week they it was unbelievable. You couldn't even go on like TikTok or wherever you get your memes. You couldn't even go on there. My favorite one was the uh, <laughs> was Dom's face taking over Shoshana's in the Inglorious Bastards movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> because you don't mess a family and then a fucking <laughs> car busts out of the movie theater screen. <laughs> or, uh, I saw one, somebody put some time into it where all the portals open in Endgame. It's all all cars coming out. (laughs) Said you don't mess with family. Another one of my favorite ones, another MCU-related one, was when um, Ego tells Quill that he put the tumor in uh, his mom's head. Oh, yeah. Dom comes out and shoots him. He's like, you don't do that to family. (laughs) See the one with Jamie Lannister and... uh... It's Cersei. I think I sent you that one, didn't I? Don't do that to family. <laughs> it's such a like that's a triple entendre right there. <laughs> oh, if you didn't see if you were lucky enough not to run into any of those, uh <laughs> go go find some because they're pretty funny. Uh all right, Alex. Well, general thoughts in episode five. Was it the best one of the series so far? I mean, yeah. Like, this episode just kind of unlocked something different. Every episode has been different in its style and approach, but the narrative hasn't changed. And I think that's what you have to appreciate about the way Loki's done what it's had to do. It's just, like, it's been... It's been changing, like, the style and, like, what's been going on in the episode, but the plot has always stayed the same, right? Like, what it needs to do has stayed the same. Like... Episode three, you're on Lamentus one. You know, then episode four, you're back in the TVA for most of it. Episode five, you're in, you know, I, I guess it's called the void. You're in the void for yeah, most of void. it. But you're not like the goal is always the same. And I think that's what I've been appreciating about it. And the void was such like a massive. I didn't notice all the Easter eggs <laughs> because, you know, I'm not that much into the Marvel comics, but there was a lot of Easter eggs going around this one. And a lot of really good fan service. Um, just everything involving the Lokis in this episode is great. Everything. Like, I love this episode. Yeah, I I think, I mean, I feel like we, ah, we don't say this every week, but I think it was the best one. <laughs> we didn't say it after the third episode, but we acknowledged how good that episode was. Yeah, yeah. No, I, that, I think this one is actually the best. Um, it's a great lead-in into the finale. There's no doubt about that, which, by the way, can't wait for that do you know what you know what i appreciate about this show 
And I've kind of been shitting on the finales for the other two shows, but it's not anything that the shows themselves did for the most part. The one thing that they did that this show isn't doing is they had too many, like, you know, plots to tie together. This one has one plot to tie together in the finale. So you're not going to be jumping all over the place. You don't need to, you know, fulfill the Flag Smashers arc while, you know, giving John Walker the mantle of U.S. agent while, you know, giving having Sam deliver poignant racial messages. You this or, you know, the WandaVision finale with White Vision, with um, with Monica, with um, Agatha, you had so many plots you had to tie together and make a coherent thing and i just don't think to be honest i don't looking back they didn't do that good of a job at it but this they only have one thing to tie together and i think that's going to make the plot the finale so much better than the other two it's again no offense to the finales of the other shows but they just had too much to do yeah they're keeping it i mean it's weird to say they're keeping it simple with all the time issues going on but they are they're keeping it simple keeping it really simple and i genuinely thought this was the best one so far i do think the finale is going to top it i do uh although the ending to this episode was awesome we'll get into we'll, we'll get into that classic loki with an ultimate one and done performance <laughs> classic loki is probably the strongest person in the universe if you consider wanda to be the strongest person in the universe he did what wanda did like it was light work yeah just out of his back pocket, conjured just, Asgard like it was nothing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it was great. Uh, let's get into the first scene, which is littered with Easter eggs, as you talked about. So Loki meets the other Lokis in the void. That's how the first, uh, the last episode ended. We got boastful Loki, Alex, who uh, ends up flipping in classic Loki fashion. Classic Loki. <laughs> aforementioned classic Loki kid Loki who killed Thor. That was his nexus event, killed his brother and alligator Loki whose nexus event was eating a cat or something. Eating the wrong, eating the wrong neighbor's cat was yeah. what it said. <laughs> Thoughts on the Lokis. Um, alligator Loki was a star of this episode. Let's be real. <laughs> um, no, I mean, classic Loki and kid Loki, and boastful Loki. I mean, they're all really good characters. I mean, Loki, I think this is something Marvel probably discovered because I don't know how prominent of a villain Loki is in the villain or in the comics. Very. Very. So I'm not going to say it's kind of like the Joker where it'll always be a compelling character, but you could do it like it's kind of like a lighter version of that, I'll say, where you could do like a thousand different spins on it and still have it be interesting. The Jack Nicholson spin of the Joker was just as interesting as the Heath Ledger one. And we saw in this episode, all these versions of Loki are incredibly interesting characters and they have layers. And I think that this is something that I think they should play around with now, now that they have all these Loki's potential, because this character, like, obviously I don't know if Hiddleston's ever going to stop playing Loki. But if he does, you just have you can replace him with someone else and just say he's a variant. Like you have the means to do that now. I mean, you could do it with Sylvie. Sylvie's a really interesting character too. We'll see so, in season two. What exactly, exactly. We'll see at the, at the finale if uh, Hiddleston lives. But you have so much you can do with this character, and I think that that. I mean, we saw like what twenty other versions of Loki later in the episode too. 
at least. So you gotta um I think that they really used the all the Lokis to really good effect in this episode. What did you think? I mean they did. I mean I thought classic Loki stole the show, definitely at the end, no, no doubt. Uh I haven't seen enough memes about him. Uh, he's <laughs> did you see that post he made on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, you sent me that one. Yeah. <laughs> Richard E. Grant, who uh was in Logan, was the scientist mm. in Logan. Ah. Yes. So Richard okay. e. Grant is no stranger to this stuff. He went all out. I thought he stole the episode much like D. Martino did not too long ago. Uh Alligator Loki, some nice comic relief. Boastful Loki. I mean, you had to have at least one Loki flip. It's just how it just how it is. And I was glad. Well, not glad, but that somebody's Nexus event was killing Thor. Yeah. Because our Loki, I never got the feeling he wanted to kill Thor. He just wanted to rule in Thor's place. You know? I mean, it was. Feeling? I never got the feeling Hiddleston Loki wanted Thor dead. No. No, he just wanted to rule. Yeah. He just wanted to rule Asgard instead of Thor. Or Earth. Or Earth. Or anything. Any, anything he can rule. Jotunheim, whatever. Um, then we get Elioth, the uh, big bad of this episode, if you will. A monster that ensures no prune material returns to the timeline. And to our knowledge, once this episode starts, that's never happened. Nobody's ever got past Elioth to the other side of the void or back to the uh, TVA or the sacred timeline. It's never happened. And the biggest uh, Easter egg of this episode was the Thanos copter, Alex. I still don't think I saw that. Where was it exactly? Like, was it in the scene where they're like walking towards the uh, walking away from Elioth? It was. uh, So when the four Lokis go into the hideout at the beginning of the episode, it's mm. like right there. Okay. The yeah. the part with the frog trying to get to the uh Yes. Yeah. The frog yeah. Thor. The frog Thor. Voiced by Chris Chris Hemsworth, by the way. <laughs> so what a get in terms okay. On the Vin Diesel I am Groot scale, where does that rank in terms of just getting the checks? Uh I think it ranks even higher. Hey Chris, uh just come in uh Yell like you're in a jar, and then that's it. Oh, okay. What? Wow. I can do that. <laughs> so no, the Thanos copter was cool to see. Um, makes you wonder if there's a pruned Thanos running around in the void. But I don't know. I, I doubt it. I doubt it. Because I feel they, like he'd be running shit in the void if that was if that was the case. <laughs> they definitely there's definitely a prune Thanos out there somewhere. <laughs> uh, and boastful Loki wielded the Infinity Stones at one point. According That's right. to him. So how about that? <laughs> I mean, it's just incredible backstories for all these Lokis, all of yeah. them. Uh, the one we should mention, the classic Loki, uh, fucked off to a planet for many years, he said, after fooling Thanos with a good enough illusion of himself and was leaving to go revisit Thor and Asgard 
and the TVA got him. Because they didn't want him to leave the planet he was on. So Those fuckers of the story. Those fuckers. Can't get anything. I've seen a bunch of TikToks where it's like me finally getting a girlfriend and then the TVA shows up. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. (laughs) Uh, Back at the TVA. Renslayer. Who'd have thought? Backstab Sylvie. Do you actually believe Renslayer doesn't know who's running the TVA? So we should give a little bit of context here for this scene. So basically Sylvie has uh Renslayer in a corner for the majority of the scene. Yeah. Like she has the pruning device and then, you know, miss minutes. Like they try to um, stall basically until the TVA has more enforcements come that bitch. Miss minutes. <laughs> miss minutes might be the real <laughs> villain of the, of the show. You never know. She might be the brains behind this. Of course. Renslayer knows like, of course, she, she's, she's doing the, a good job making it seem like she doesn't. Yeah, I mean, she's a what? Here's a here's an idea. <laughs> what if Renslayer's a Loki? Ah, like obviously, I don't think she is. But in this, you like, I know she isn't in the comics canon. Like, I know that Ravona Renslayer is a real person, right? Yeah. But what if in this universe they made her a Loki? Because I would bet you. Whoever's behind all of this is a Loki or it's Ravona herself. But like I said, there's a chance. What do you think? Do you think Ravona could be a Loki? Well, I don't think so. But that other thing you said has crossed my mind that maybe it's a Loki at the end of the T- at the end of uh, the TVA. They make a lot of sense. I uh, make a shitload I, of sense. I've heard a lot of people, you know, saying. I think I've heard Mobius. I've, people say Mobius might be a Loki. Nah. I don't think he is either, but because no. he's too good, he's too good-hearted, and Loki's are, don't ever change. So I don't know. That's that's tough. But Renslayer definitely knows. Yeah, and I wouldn't put it past them to have Renslayer be the one in charge, right? We saw it with the um, Mephisto, a little Mephisto action. Well, end. like <laughs> Mephisto would be hilarious, but we saw it in the um in the Falcon series, right? When they're like, Oh, the power broker is this person is this person. And no, it was Sharon. They were telling us it was Sharon and it was Sharon. Still pissed about that, by the way, (laughs) it was probably, it was a bad move, but (laughs) you know, it's whatever. Um, I definitely think that Ravona knows if not, if she's not in charge, which is a very real possibility. So I, she, she has to know. I feel like she knows. Um, she's doing a great job of acting like she doesn't know. Like when she was interviewing B-15 in the cell. She did a really good job of making it seem like she didn't know. But I- I'd be shocked. Because she didn't seem that shocked when the-, the timekeepers were decapitated. No, she didn't. <laughs> no, she-, she was passed out, I think. Passed out in air quotes there. But I think that she she knew she knows i mean there's no way she's not in on it because she's a judge she's always acting about it she's the one she's been acting shady all season yeah literally all season so um it could be a loki at the end of it who knows maybe that would make too much sense for that to actually be the case but we'll see i don't i honestly don't know who it is I i i have no inkling of an idea who it could be I mean, it's 
my odds are 50% Renslayer, 50% anything else. Because this show, I mean, this show did have a Kang Easter egg too. Yeah. The show had, I saw there was a um, Kang Enterprises on the building we thought was Stark Tower. Kang so, being uh, Ant-Man 3. Yeah. And they there's a good chance they might be using this to help set up uh, the next Ant-Man movie. So, And we saw the Yellow Jackets helmet too from uh, the first Ant-Man. Yeah, and they, they've been setting up stuff throughout these Disney Plus shows. WandaVision yeah. clearly setting up Multiverse of Madness and other stuff. Falcon and Winter Soldier setting up what? The Captain America 4. Captain America 4. Um, something with US Agent. So, t- definitely not unprecedented. Yeah. Um, we talked about the variant Loki. Or, no. Here, Sylvie self prunes. This doesn't kill herself, but the closest thing to it to go reunite with Loki in the void. Yeah, it was a really good move narratively because I don't know what else they would have had her do in the TVA. I think her time in the TVA was done. And let's face it, the show works better when Loki is playing off of either Sylvie or Mobius. And we saw at the end of this episode. So I think that it was a good move all around narratively. So I'm happy they did it. And plus, you know, Ravona thinks she's she's in the clear, which she is most definitely not. Hell no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Well, great quote from uh, B15. She says, you only want this. Sylvie needs it to figure out who's running the TVA. So, yeah. Um, Sylvie, we already talked about the origin stories of the Lokis. So Sylvie is saved by Mobius as soon as she lands in the void. Boastful Loki then betrays the others. <laughs> Somebody had to do it, Alex. This Somebody was... had to do it. Yes, it was bound to happen. But what I loved the most, this episode, or this scene was probably my favorite scene of the whole series because it was fucking hilarious, right? When, when President Loki comes in... So Boastful Loki's like, I'll finally be the king. And then President Loki starts laughing and is like, you, the king. <laughs> and they start, and then they betray President Loki. There were just so many betrayals going on. And then I love the part when Loki is trying to get away from it all. And he just is like sneaking in between the fighting parts. <laughs> it's just like, that part was hilarious to me. I loved the, uh, the betrayal scene. He has no interest. No interest in another meaningless fight. <laughs> He's just like, let me let me tiptoe around this. And then we see classic Loki conjure. First, okay, alligator Loki bites off President Loki's hand. Yeah. That was uh, it's an incredible flex by alligator Lo- Loki. <laughs> just fucked his hand, right? Ate his hand. Ate his hand. I mean... <laughs> Moment of silence for President Loki's hand and President Loki, probably. There were probably a lot of Loki casualties that probably day. Probably bled out. He probably bled out. <laughs> Apparently, the um, there's been a lot of Luke Skywalker hand cut off homages in the MCU. And there are people that believe that this was an homage to that. I don't. If anything, <laughs> this is an homage to Captain Hook. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Ripped from the book. <laughs> like I I'm call I'm doing a call out corner, mini call out corner for TV reviewers who clearly missed the Captain Hook reference. Did you not watch <laughs> Peter Pan when you were a kid? 
What's going everybody on? Knows. Everybody knows the Captain Hook story. Everybody! How do you not make that connection? It's like, what's Captain Hook known for? Having a hook for a hand and being fucking terrified of alligators and crocodiles. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's harder than it looks, Alex. The job. <laughs> Is it? Uncultured swines calling themselves reviewers. Whatever. Couldn't be me. Loki plans to kill Elioth, which Sylvie mocks. She just mocks that idea. It's actually gonna, right. What are you going to paper cut a cloud to death? <laughs> well, they didn't. It's, it's act like they're acting like they didn't just see what Elioth did to this ship crew of people. She, listen, Sylvie was right to call out. Loki, but she was even more right to call out classic Loki and kid Loki for wanting to go along with it. Like, what are you guys thinking? Like, you couldn't talk any sense into our Loki? I had my doubts. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't agree to it. (laughs) I think that's what the kid said. I can't remember, but that's subtitles are great on Disney Plus. They really make good work. You, I think these Disney Plus shows, you like practically have to watch with the subtitles on like they're i think they're that important i had my but doubts. <laughs> i had my doubts <laughs> but yeah it was a really idiotic plan but that's why sylvie that's why sylvie's gotten the farthest out of any of them because she's the oh. smartest one she's the smartest one by far uh don't know if she's the most powerful one after seeing what classic loki did uh to go out with a bang but she's pretty close She's definitely more powerful than our Loki. Yes. Or just as powerful. So um, that's the plan to kill Elioth. It's mocked by Sylvie. And uh, then they share a nice moment. Nice uh, romantic moment that they almost had before they got pruned. Make a, uh, make a blanket. What is this, a tablecloth? <laughs> it did look thin. It did Listen. look very thin. Listen, Sylvie, why don't you make a blanket yourself, huh? <laughs> Want to be such a hater? Please, Sylvie, do it in the playoffs. Um, yeah, come on. Come on, please. But, like, in all seriousness, like, I think that their connection is real. It's weird to say that about the Lokis. There's a very good chance. This is the part where she asks, like, you're not going to stab me in the back, are you? I think this is the part where she asked that. Perfectly legitimate question. Yes. <laughs> For both of them, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Be- but I think I don't think they're going to stab each other in the back. I really I'd be don't. shocked. I think it'd be a bad move. Like now then this show has the show did prune Mobius when we had no idea what pruning meant, but still it pruned Mobius. We thought he was dead. Yeah. So <laughs> we don't know what the show will do, but I feel pretty comfortable saying we wouldn't have put this much investment into these two characters in particular were it not for these two are actually going to do shit together. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think it'd be a bad writing move to have them pitted against each other. Um, I just think it would be. I, w- I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it, but we'll see. I don't think they will, but we'll see. Um, Mobius returns to the TVA after a heartfelt goodbye. To Loki. Says he was his favorite Loki. And Loki says goodbye, friend. Yeah. Well, it yeah. was a really touching scene. Thanks him. Wow. 
burn it to the ground. We we need to. Oh, oh my god, yours is better than mine already. Um, we need to talk about the scene where Mobius is talking about alligator Loki. Like, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, he, he could be lying about it. That would make him play in the long con. That would even make him even more likely to be a Loki. <laughs> like, correct. By the way. Yes, but I thought that scene was hilarious where he's just trying to figure out, like, I don't remember pruning this one. <laughs> and just I remembered part, him. <laughs> that part was hilarious when he's trying to figure out what, um, like how that's a Loki. I just thought it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> and even Loki was like, it's best not to ask questions. Because <laughs> at, begi- at the beginning, when Classic Loki's just saying, survive, survive. He's like, and he's just like, I'm not even that surprised by that, that that's a Loki. <laughs> or he's like, weirdly, I'm not all that shocked. <laughs> I think that's what he said. Which, the writing in this show, Has like, been it, it's been great. Like, the comedic writing in particular. These guys do a fucking phenomenal job. And I, I love everything about this show, but they're so fucking funny. So funny. And then the best scene of the show, by the episode, in my opinion, classic Loki distracts Elias with a mega illusion of Asgard conjured out of his ass on the fly. <laughs> A Loki sacrificed himself. Yes. Like they were talking about how a Loki can't change. And when they, when they do start changing, they get sent to the TVA. And now he's like, fuck that. This is a one chance to change how Loki's operate. I'm going to do it. And he did it. And it was, I really loved that scene. It was awesome. It was an awesome scene. Like, you're right. They were talking about all episode, how pointless it is for a Loki to try to change, you know, but then classic Loki, he sacrifices himself. Right. And I think going back to your bad writing point, that might be why it's bad writing. Because these Lokis are changing, right? Like we've seen in the couple episodes before this, Sylvie and Loki are both changing each. So you want, narratively, it would just make more sense to have them both be on the side of good in the last episode. And, you know, and basically they're going to fall in love with each other too. But that conjuring of Asgard, holy shit. Like amazing. He did that like in one fell swoop. All right, magic off. Like you have two characters and they need to out magic each other. Classic Loki or Wanda? Who are you taking? I'll still take Wanda. Wow. I'll take classic Loki and I'll live with my chances. It's not a bad pick. I'm not going to slam your pick. I I still go with Wanda. I mean, what he does in this episode with the conjurings of it, like... A lot of phase four so far, other than Black Widow, has been kind of magical, right? Like, and not obviously not Falcon and the Winter Soldier either, but two of the first four offerings in phase four have been like incredibly magical. Like, in terms of like what's going on with the show, you know, enchanting, um, Wanda conjuring all of Westview, like, really, really magical, like. Not like magical, like Disneyland, like, oh, wow, what a magical place. Like magical, like actual magic. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so 
the distraction of Asgard allows Sylvie and Loki to enchant Eliath and go to what was called the Citadel in the description I read. So, next episode, the finale of season one, who runs the TVA? Like I said, I have no idea. You said 50% Renslayer, 50% anything else. <laughs> I have no, I have no clue. If any show was going to shock us and introduce us to a character like King and the Conqueror, it would be this show. Yeah. Like, I don't think WandaVision had the, you know, capacity in the show. There was already so much going on. They didn't have room to introduce us to, you know, Mephisto. They didn't have the room to introduce us to a new character like that. But this show, they, the canvas is still so wide open, to use a painting metaphor, where they could throw a character like King the Conqueror and they could throw other, you know, big, big time characters like that in and they still have a lot of room to operate with. So ton of room. Yeah. They, they've given themselves the benefit of the doubt where they can, the other shows going back to the other show analogy, the other shows kind of push themselves into a corner, right? Like we have to do this, you know, we have to resolve these storylines, but what, um, what Loki has done is they're like, no, the last episode, we don't have to do anything other than resolve the TVA. Everything else is a blank canvas. And we have a lot of room to maneuver with and operate with. And I think the last episode, we agree, Zach, the last episode of both Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision, it just, they both felt rushed. Yeah, they did. And we talked about that at the time. They did. But Alex, I want to talk to classic Loki's performance here to, to send us off. Where does this rank for you among best one and done performances in the MCU? And by that, I mean, they were either in one episode of a show or one movie. All right. So I have to think off the top of my head. Well, Definitely I, have not- list, I have a list here. If you want me to help you out. Let me think of some. Definitely not Mickey Rourke because Ivan Benko. That, um, all I remember from that movie is him just saying, my board, my board. And I watched that, yeah, I watched that last night. Um, I mean, Killmonger is still number one. Yeah, see, I didn't include him on my list because I just think for sure he's coming back. Yeah, well, and are we counting, we're not counting the what if. We saw him in the what if trailer, but for right now, Killmonger no, is number no. one. Um, Hit me with the list because I think that will be an interesting list. Hella. Okay. Ultron. Okay. Ego. All right. Mysterio. Mm, that's a good one. Obadiah Stain. Tony. <laughs> Made some upgrades. Justin Hammer. I, Justin Hammer is definitely coming back at some point, though. I, I can't help but feel it. He's just rotting in a cell right now. I mean, <laughs> someone's going to break him out at some point. But... I think Mysterio comes back. I mean, he's definitely dead, but I just thought it was a waste of Gyllenhaal, honestly. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't think Jake Gyllenhaal wants to be burned down by a multi-movie contract. You know what I mean? Doesn't seem like that kind of actor. He doesn't, but I would have, you know, just seen I would say... I would probably put Mysterio number one. But... Like, that was a really good character. 
And I really liked Jake Gyllenhaal in that movie. I thought he was really, he was probably the best part of the whole movie to me. Oh yeah. Um, I thought he was. Hella was really good. I mean, ego, you can't beat Kurt Russell. No. Classic Loki, I think. I'd I'd have him above Hammer. For sure. I'd have him above Obadiah. I'm going back to the Iron Man thing real quick. I really wish they let um they really let I really wish they let Jeff Bridges get one. Yeah. Well that's just like your opinion, man, in as Obadiah stayed. <laughs> I really wish they did that. Like there's so many areas they where you could work that in. They could have. <laughs> yeah. That's just like your opinion, man. Like there's so many areas where that could have worked, but yeah, the two Iron Man villains are definitely at the bottom of the list. Yeah, they are. I just thought it was a good discussion to have since classic Loki went out with a bang. But if Killmonger doesn't come back, he's definitely oh he's by, number one by far. Like he's it's not one. even close. Yeah, he's number one. He's number one. What about Forrest Whitaker? Was I thought of. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. <laughs> That's not who I was thinking of. I was thinking of uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Was good in uh, Ant Man and yeah. the Wasp. Yeah, I gotta think he's coming back. Probably. I don't remember his character's name, but Bill. Bill. There's a chance he comes back, but Bill Foster. Walton Goggins was good in that movie too. They wasted Walton Goggins. I'm just gonna say it. They did. They absolutely <laughs> wasted him. Also, like, <laughs> about Black Widow before we end it. Wasted Taskmaster. That's my take. Taskmaster is the character. He's in Spider-Man, right? The video game? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a chance they, since it was a costume, there's a chance they bring the character back. I feel like. Yeah. But yeah, I would agree. The character was pretty underwhelming. Not enough David Harbour in that movie either, I'll say. No. But like we said, very good movie. We'll have a pod about that this week, actually. Yeah. But I'm trying to think of any other notable characters that we won't see again. Um, no, Malachi? I mean... Malakis from Dark Lord? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about since I've never seen the movie. Then Kingsley's Mandarin? Again, I've never seen Iron Man 3 either, so... I'm not going to act like, you know, maybe Ben Kingsley in The Sopranos. <laughs> maybe, maybe Frankie Valley in The Sopranos. Frankie Valley was a person in The Sopranos world, and he was also playing wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I, I honestly think we got them all one movie or one episode. Cause there was nobody from the shows I could think of. Yeah. Well, nobody one episode. Agatha is definitely coming back. Yeah. Um, and the the flag smasher character Carly, they wasted that character. Like Dead. looking back on it, like just what a terrible storyline. R.I.P. Like it was really, I know it was a means to an end to get the power broker, but Carly could have been really interesting. Could have been, was at times. Yeah, but they just they. Listen, Falcon and the Winter Soldier out of ten, looking back on it in retrospect, was like a six. It got what it needed. It did. It did what it needed to do, but it probably could have done it a lot better. Yeah, I'd give it a seven. But 
I would have it third out of the three shows we've gotten oh, so far. By far. Yeah. And as so. the shows come along, I would I would expect it to stay in the last spot. Just being yeah. honest about it. If. Looking forward. Now now that we know that um Florence is gonna be in the uh in the Hawkeye series, I'm much more intrigued. Yeah, they did they they did a nice job uh covering their bases with the Hawkeye hype. So they, they yes. did really good. <laughs> yes, I agree. Anything to plug before we go? Um, well, let's plug our let's plug the network, shall we? Our TikTok, Zach. We had um I heard we blew our, up a little bit. We blew up a little bit. We had our our TikTok. I'm checking the page views right now. Sorry, I uh we had 2,455 views on the last video, Zach. Wow. Pretty good. Pretty wow. good. It was it was about Dylan and I talking about how um we post all our like I take clips. I don't do them. I shouldn't have done them during the Loki series. I made a mistake doing that because I didn't do it during WandaVision. Then I'm like, I totally forgot that I didn't do it during WandaVision. But we don't, I don't like to take the clips from these shows since they're very spoiler heavy. And I don't like to be the reason a show is spoiled. But that's fair. We take the clips from our other shows and the other Circle City Cinema offerings. We put them on our TikTok page. And yeah, that one kind of blew up. So I wanted to shout that out. Um, Make sure you listen to the Power Hour. Dylan and I are going to be, uh, we're going to um, break down the next two games of the finals whenever. I think game four is on Wednesday. So there's a chance the series might be over by then. Zach believes it will be. Sweet. I don't believe it will be. Two words Scott Foster. Two words. Fuck him. <laughs> I mean, he shouldn't be officiating, but that, that is what no, it is. No, he shouldn't. Um, <laughs> Then uh, Lynn Sanity, Caleb will be back this week. I thought Shady Sanity was really good this week. Thought you guys did a good I job. It. I it was it. it was a good show. And then hopefully JD and Caleb are back at some point this week as well. Um, Battleground. I'm gonna try to make sh- sure we get that off the ground this week. I, th- maybe not this week. Maybe next week. But we need a battleground. There's a lot of tension. The sun's victory. There's a lot of tension in the battleground air right now. Let me flaunt my winnings. Flaunt your winnings. Um, we need, but Zach, you agree with the way Bryce and JD are talking to each other. We definitely need a battle. We need, we need a battleground. There's beef in the air. Um, Divine Rhyme. I actually put out an episode on a Sunday because I totally, I was going to yesterday on, uh, we're recording this on Sunday. It's going to be out on Monday, but I was totally going to yesterday. Then, you know, it was a hectic day. So I didn't. But um, yeah, go listen to the Divine Rhyme. I'm going to listen to that as soon as we hop off of here. And then I think that's all the other not you podcasts we have. What do we have coming up on the oh triple option pass still on hiatus? I think now that Ryan's getting more settled down, we might be able to work out a date for that. Make sure you check out his work at the uh, Sun Prairie Star, I believe it is. Um, yep. Introductory article they had on him. By I think they said he's a Bears fan in that article, and he's working in Wisconsin, enemy territory, Zach Griffith. <laughs> Quite a move by them. You know, I wouldn't have publicized that. I would have just said, yeah, maybe maybe best if our editor, because they're like three hours away from Green Bay, I think. Probably just probably for the best. <laughs> but what do we got coming up on uh, cinema? Same stuff that we uh, advertised last week. Wolf of Wall Street with Devin Voss. I'm going to make that happen this week. Um, Perfect. I'd like to get the favorite movies off off the ground again. Uh, but yeah, that's the only thing for sure I will have this week. Okay, well, yes, if Wolf of Wall Street do for a rewatch, 
and I've watched it like a year ago. Always, I do. think. But oh, what a movie! Always do. What's okay? I don't know if we did this. You haven't done a Scorsese movie in a while. What's your Scorsese Mount Rushmore off the top of your head? Goodfellas, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, and then the fourth one. Uh, uh, uh damn it departed <laughs> wow over casino and wolf yeah wow that's i mean i'm going with the four that i know i've seen goodfellas casino wolf departed yeah i just i want to put wolf in there it's definitely on leo's my rush for i think it's his best i ain't fucking leaving <laughs> I fucking leave it. <laughs> but I mean, I I like Wolf more than Depotted, but Depotted is a better movie. Interesting. Yeah. It's the 15 year anniversary this year, Zach. I know. I know. You come on a pod. Yes, I am. Depotted. We'll get Bryce on a pod, talk about it. But yeah, that that'd be mine. That'd be my Mount Rushmore. Interesting. Interesting. And then, yeah. So make sure you check out. Oh, also from one young soul to another. All right. I'm sick of, I'm sick of this shit. All right. Well, there's if a new you one coming. Yeah. There's a new book coming. No but pressure. In, the mean, in the meantime, $7 and 50 cents for the hardcover, $5 for the edition folks. If you don't buy this book, I will go to wherever you like to swim in either your swimming pool, someone else's swimming pool, shit in your pool. I that's what Dylan said. I'm not going that far. I think that's even that's too far even for me. I was gonna put gravel in there. Shit in your shower. <laughs> Again, too far even for me. <laughs> I listen. Even I, the emotional book promoting terror <laughs> terrorists. I have I have boundaries. I'm not willing to cross. <laughs> uh, but I helped him edit the second one. No pressure. And I think it's better than the first one. Wow. So get your, get educated on your Dylan Hughes library, folks. Okay. Because the second one's coming. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Alex, another great episode. And I'll see you next week. See you next week, buddy. Great episode. <laughs> <laughs>